there this is episode one of please touch the art i am kieve roadheaver i have a master's of fine arts in multidisciplinary art i'm a painter i paint with acrylic and watercolor paint primarily and i have a bachelor's of arts in music i'm here with my guest jax today jax is a photographer and a fiber artist tell us a little bit about yourself jax hi i'm jax i've died and come back walk 500 miles across spain i really love dogs I had, like, my morning turned around by getting to pet one, and I'm currently in my final semester of the MFA program at Columbus College of Art and Design. Yeah, you were just talking to me about carrying a large piece of titanium (laughs) and trying not to, like, hurt everybody as you walked through. So right now I've pulled up on my laptop a different iteration towards your thesis, right? That actually went up, like... I think the day after we, in in the atrium, where it's eventually going to live for the MFA exhibition, opening April 5th, and runs through April 28th. Do you have a name for your show yet? Yes, Replacing the Sun. Nice. I'm excited to see you and the rest of the MFA candidates of 2019. So right now, I am looking at a... A, me- a piece of metal suspended in a window. It appears to be suspended by something like chains covered in cloth, and I'm seeing pieces of white cloth specifically draped across this metal pole, hanging almost touching the floor in one piece, appear to be suspended at least like 10 feet up, 20 feet up. Oh yeah, that one's closer to like... 15, 16 okay. minimum feet in the air at the moment. Yeah, and some of the some of the cloth appears to be off-white with cut slices through, c- kind of cutting through to look kind of like gills of a fish or perhaps some kind of like, you know how neural nerve tissue is kind of portrayed as being white? It kind mm-hmm. of reminds me of nerves or tendons, maybe ba- bandages perhaps. Would you like to tell me anything that I might be missing in this image. Yeah, actually it was a test image up in where it's going to be in its final home. The piece is called Neural, and it's examining the neurological breakdown of the body through a series of deconstructed weavings and cut fabrics, utilizing my father's Lua body dementia and my own fibromyalgia and RSD as points of dropping off. The central question that I explore in all of my work is what do we create in the space pain occupies? working through this piece caused massive i was in these intense fibromyalgia flare-ups for well over six months making a piece about pain the fabric i wanted it to remain white specifically for the connotations for most people it's a blank slate you can project whatever you want onto it for others in eastern cultures white is a symbol of mourning Within Western cultures, it's purity, innocence, new life. And I liked having that kind of juxtaposition. The white is super interesting. Did you know that statistically speaking, getting four shades of white to match, you have a higher chance of finding like a six by six foot patch of all four leaf clovers. 
Nice. Like, yeah. So it's really interesting because unless I've used the exact same fabric, there are no actual matches. So you see all the blue and the purple and the pink and the green and yellow undertones. And the whole thing was just white. Yeah. And then seeing all the different ways that it transforms or how it yellows with age. Yeah, a lot of the pieces that I'm seeing in this one actually are very, like, off-white, and then this the longish piece that flows over and appears to be... Is it draped on another piece? I'm going to scroll over to a different image to yeah, see if okay. I can see what it's draped on. It is actually draped within the pole itself. Now, all of the poles, there's going to be three tiers, and they are all the fabric is being draped on grade 5 titanium which is the specific grade that's used in aerospace and uh, medical applications and the particular metal that is in my body. The specific alloy with it is TI6AL4V. Okay, cool. You were mentioning how a lot of this deals with deals with your chronic pain. Is there a significance? I know culturally speaking a lot of there are a lot of different significances to triads and threes and trios. Is there something more specific to you? Yeah, so the piece that led into this piece for my second semester of grad school dealt with me witnessing my father's last breath and waiting about three to five minutes for him his sleep apnea to kick in before anyone else realized where I was staring. And the seven came from the fact that it was seven years since his passing and your body shifts and changes. Your skin layer is not the same every seven years. So the realization that by the time November hit and we had scattered his ashes, that no physical part of myself had ever will no longer have touched a physical part of my father became kind of this driving force. So there are three tiers, five free floating that are still suspended on titanium and seven of the paperbacked fabric that are quarter inch strips to represent the neurological system in my own particular nerves. All right. That's really intense. I mean, every, all, all art is intense, right? All art is, I mean, like, I remember my art was really intense when I was in your position. Talk to me a little bit about, do you care at all about the way that the viewer is interacting with the piece? Are they going to be encouraged to touch things, to not touch things in the show? Honestly, I haven't decided if I'm going to officially put something out that's like, you can touch the art, but I honest, I'm, I'm completely okay with people touch it. In my head, and this is something that I've kept bringing up in critiques, uh, when people have mentioned wanting to touch it, I've spent 13 years being touched by doctors, much to like, you know, my own personal eh, feeling with it. And so there's this element of I see myself to some degree in each of these. So you touching them takes on that role of the doctors or all of the physical therapists or all the massage therapists who've had to lay hands on my body to quiet down my neurological system. Right. So are you talking kind of like medical consent and violation of medical consent in hospitals with this piece? Or is it just something that's kind of alongside that you are thinking about with like whether or not people would be able to touch the art? It's kind of just something I'm thinking of as an aside. I don't know if it's something that's going to really predominantly play out or if it's necessary for people to know that in touching the art, I view it as almost like you're touching my body. Right. Um, and I don't view it as intrusive right. because when you're having to do this dance, 
time and time again, even with Aladonia, in which, like, if someone touches me, it burns my skin and it burns my body, like, I have to get touched in order for, you know, examinations to happen or people to connect with people. The act of giving a hug is incredibly painful, but you do it because you want to feel that connection with somebody. You want to be able to say, like, I acknowledge you and thank you. So I don't necessarily know it has to be the most forthcoming thing in terms of this piece, but I also have no problem if I see people kind of wandering through, especially, you know, they might not be able to touch everything on the highest tiers, but everything else is starting to become lower. Mm. There are pieces physically on the ground, like, people want to touch, I'm okay with that. That's fair. It's a reaction to, like, this tactile fabric that's in front of you. A lot of it's frayed or coming apart or, mm-hmm. you know, just held on. And there's a kind of irreverence to when you allow an artwork to get close to the floor or touch the floor. Mm-hmm. When we talked last time, we talked a little bit about kind of recreating the weft, a... Um, the warp. The warp, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. You're absolutely right. I, I, I like to move this around <laughs> in my head. Um, I do too, You talk it's about fine. creating like the warp amongst the cloth. Can you talk to me a little bit about how weaving ties in to the piece or how weaving is different from this piece? So in my head when I first started this, these were going to be five woven panels that as they went from left to right started to disintegrate and completely come apart. Then it started shifting. I didn't want it on the wall and I was still going to weave into them. The very first iterations actually were partially woven when I had a piece that I had just cut the warp aspect of it and everyone kept walking in my studio. I got really lazy. I just never got to weaving it, but people kept walking in and saying, I really like that. Don't touch it. Mm -hmm. So part of the weaving comes from the fact that that was where everything was originating. I still do photo weaving. I've still, you know, woven little pieces of cloth or things just for calming. But to have something that references the warp, which in my head also references the body, and call it a deconstructed weaving, fabric is always woven. Right. There's a warp and a weft, and depending on, you know, the thickness of the threads that you're using and different things like that. So every single piece is woven, and I'm taking it apart, but still referencing where it started, Mm -hmm. that original first piece that things were being pushed into. Right. It reminds me of um, when people use old sari yarn, Mm -hmm. like where they cut out the sari and then they reuse that. Yeah. You still have to like remember that like everything that you're making is technically not like a yarn. It's technically a cloth that you're working with. Want to see if I can find some of your weavings really fast. There's a hole if you go to jacksfishburn.com shameless plug is there anyone in particular that you want to talk about because i'm seeing some things that i could talk about with all of these you can pick whichever i'm totally open to everything so right now we're looking at a photo that is woven of a figure that is encased in a black cloth i think it kind of looks like either um, nylon or it kind of looks like one of those suits that's usually made out of latex or leather. Mm -hmm. Um, The eyes and nose and ears and hair um, of the person are obscured. The only body part that can be seen um, without the black material over them is their mouth, which is closed. And they are looking in the general direction 
of the camera but also kind of off to the side perhaps to the floor in a white environment with shadows on the right hand side my right hand side and then it's woven together and most of the figure appears to be coming together with each weave but the outline of the figure there are places where the white is jumbled in with the black and there are places where the mouth is jumbled in with the skin tone is there anything that i'm missing with this piece no for me the most interesting aspect of weaving is the moments not just the moments where it comes together but the moments where everything falls apart because to a certain degree i can control that but there's a lot of things that just kind of happen maybe it's because i'm still kind of like new relatively to the process of weaving so i don't have that pinpoint accuracy where every single thing can match up perfectly in alignment but I also don't think that that's like a necessary aspect to it. There's something very lovely um, and handmade about those moments where things no longer match up. Right. I, I really like seeing the hand of the artist in this. I think that this piece is particularly submissive because of the lack of like eye contact, the lack of facial structure. There's also something very erotic about the image. The lean of the neck is very gendered and feminine almost. Mm-hmm. So I make a lot of assumptions about this person, which means that there's more power to the viewer than there is to who is being viewed. Subject matter-wise, may I ask you about it? Yeah, that is my friend Kelsey. A lot of the people that I have been photographing over the last decade, maybe at this point, are sex workers Mm -hmm. or members uh, of the kink community, and there's a lot of overlap in my life between those two. And it's really interesting to be asexual and have no sexual feelings and then walk into my friends houses and it's like here's a room full of dildos and whips and all of these things and i find it all just super fascinating and kelsey is somebody who is involved actively in the kink community is from what i've gathered talking with her more in the role of submissive not a switch or not into the doming Mm -hmm. aspect of that and it's always really you never know what's going to happen when those kind of materials come out within almost like a fine art portrait setting i know um i I know in some of your other aspects like beltane you did a lot of delving into like kind of the intimacy kind of like the sexual intimacy of couples and the intimacy of sleeping together and um such and you mentioned reference your asexuality on your your website would you mind defining asexuality for listeners who might not know what that is because it's often erased yeah well i like to tell people that i am so far past gay that i just came out with no identity being an asexual it doesn't mean that i don't have mental attraction to somebody or find them like you know physically appealing however i have no sexual attraction to them getting off doesn't not a priority in my world like the act of finding someone to have sex with not a priority in my world i get so much done because all of that energy is being channeled into all these other things but i still have the intimacy of friendships and and yeah and different things like that it's just kind of nothing going on down there that's fair that's fair (laughs) i met kelsey kelsey seems very lovely yeah Um, i got to work with them very briefly for a photo adventure with jacks It was a fun time. I still haven't edited them because (laughs) life is a very, very fast train. Yeah. So why this photo 
in particular, why did you choose to weave this photo? Because I know I, because I follow you on Instagram and all the things I see, the thousands of photos <laughs> that you take. There was something that called out to me. Each one that I decide to weave, there's an element of the person that I see within the image, but there's also something of myself. And I feel like when I decide I want to weave something, it's because I don't want to view it just pure flat. I want to be able to touch the image. I want to be able to manipulate and feel the image mm-hmm. in the moment again. Is um, it kind of like breaking the fourth wall where the image gets to like kind of step out into the 3D? Yeah, a little bit. And I don't know, for me it's just more it's intuition based. Like mm-hmm. I can look at something and be like, that's going to suck to weave. Either because it's so complicated or there's just so many variables that it's there's a really high chance of it just becoming a mess that image that you've pulled up was for an auction it's of five people kind of in like a renaissance style pose um it's a dance company Seabus dance company here in columbus that i did a collaboration with to lead in towards a silent auction to help fund um the payment of dancers within the show Milk and Bones that just premiered last week and two weekends ago. Yeah, that sounds about right. It was like, I unfortunately didn't go to Milk and Bones, but I did see them dance um, when I went to your show where this was hanging alongside the auction. But this seems extremely complicated. That was honestly the most complicated image I have ever done. There were five faces to try and match up. And I had kind of let them know, I'm like, weaving is such an imperfect, like, imperfect thing. And they're like, as long as the faces are kind of readable. And I'm like, there's five of them and four are very closely clustered together. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's, of all of them, there's one that kind of doesn't match up super, super perfectly. From a distance, it kind of does. It's similar. I kind of view weaving as almost like pointillism. From a distance, you can read the image. But once you get up close... It's just little dots. Yeah, and things kind of start looking a little f***ed up, and you're like, what am I looking at? Yeah, kind of impressionistic almost. Yeah. Um, do we have time to talk about the the colors that are happening here? Um, I've, I'm seeing a lot of mu- muted colors. The background is white. The characters are wearing white or off-white with pops of a muted green and a very pale, pale blue did they do all the hand and the color work, or did you have any say in um, color work? They here? actually kind of decided what they were going to do in terms of the coloration. It's very similar to what was worn in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the dancers is also their costume designer, so they were trying to find something that would fit with their theme of milk and bones. It's so interesting because I look at this shoot, and it's a studio shoot with lights and costumes essentially and it's really kind of far outside of my comfort Usual. zone i sit i, I shoot in my light. home i shoot with low window light you know i grew up in my dad's studio so that you know dutch painting light is kind of imbued in my work in the same way that when i shoot outdoors i have huge references to the hudson river school of art um because i grew up in the hudson valley my dad helped refound that school and the sublimation of the human within this wild environment kind of always drew me right um so this was in some ways a push outside of my comfort zone but i feel so head over heels for it by the end i was Mm -hmm. like okay a lot of the um i've seen a lot more pieces from this particular series that you shot with them 
were they allowed to dance? Did yep. they do the actual performance in front of you or did they um, perform something new for the shoot? So they are an improvisational dance group. Um, okay. There were basic rules. Everyone did solo and then a duet and then one person would drop off. So that kind of isolate or oscillated for a little while until the whole group came in. Okay. Um, so I can kind of go through and watch these dance this dance happening if you just like click fast enough you see all the different movements and mm -hmm. it was kind of just I didn't know what was happening I just had to respond right you had to move very quickly yeah I know that last time we checked in we had a short amount of time do you want to um, sign off with me plug yourself all the things sure do you want to start first yeah. Hi, I am Jax Fishburn. J-A-C-S-F-I-S-H-B-U-R-N-E. Uh, you can find me jaxfishburn.com. My Instagram handle is also jaxfishburn because I'm super inventive with names. Hey, you got a good name. Why not? <laughs> yeah, and if you are interested in seeing the very first piece that we discussed, and it's over 200 plus yards of fabric and like 20 some odd different pieces of grade 5 titanium you should come to replacing the sun it opens friday april 5th from 6 to 8 nice i will definitely be there not just to see you but to see everybody <laughs> that i know um i am kieve roadheaver you can find the instagram for this podcast with the handle please touch the art podcast you can find me on Instagram as kieve.art, K-I-E-V-E dot A-R-T. -E -E and you can find my website at K-R-O-D-E-H-E-A-V-E-R-A-R-T dot com also. And um, thank you for WCBE for having me. Thank you for Caitlin for doing all of my dirty work in the background. <laughs> and it was lovely, again, to be here. Yeah, thanks.